Would you please remain standing and join me in reciting the Shema, which our Lord Jesus would have recited every day of his life. Shema Israel. Adonai Eloheinu. Adonai Echad. Hear, O Israel, the Lord is our God, the Lord alone. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your strength, and love your neighbor as yourself. We continue our sermon series on the gospel according to Matthew, and we find ourselves in chapter 5 at the beginning of the Sermon of the Mount. Hear now the word of the Lord. Now when Jesus saw the crowds, he went up on a mountainside and sat down. His disciples came to him, and he began to teach them. He said, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn, for they will be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they will inherit the earth. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled. Blessed are the merciful, for they will be shown mercy. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they will see God. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called children of God. Blessed are those who are persecuted because of righteousness, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are you when people insult you, persecute you, and falsely say all kinds of evil against you because of me. Rejoice and be glad, because great is your reward in heaven. For in the same way they persecuted the prophets who were before you, they persecute you. This is the word of the Lord. Please be seated. We spend a lot of time in our culture looking at different sayings and different quips of wisdom, and many that are familiar to us find its way into our lore and our legend, or even our families or our general culture. Sayings like, all's well that ends well, or a penny saved is a penny earned, or one of my favorites, the golden rule, do unto others as you would have them do unto you, or we would also accept love your neighbor as yourself. When asked in Sunday school at a young age my bo- what the golden rule was, my older brother responded, oh, I know this one, and raised his hand, to which he said, play the ball where it lies. <laughs> to which my dad was very excited when he came home from church. We learn a lot of different things based on the culture that we're around, and we hear a lot of different things based on the people we're around. Growing up, we heard certain sayings time and time again, and as I reflected on them this week, I think most of them revolved around the fact that my brothers and I fought constantly. Be nice to your brothers. Treat your brothers with respect. Don't hit your brother. Stop messing with your brother. Stop fighting. Or just, boys... My parents were spending a lot of time trying to calm us down and keep us um, from fighting. Recently, I was with uh, some friends who have three boys, and she, the mother was talking to me about how they fight all the time, and she grew up with only girls. And I said, when you say fight, what do you mean? And she went on to explain it, and I said, they're not fighting, they're wrestling. This is fine. So I, got, I gave her some guidelines that our parents had for us. There was no hitting below the belt and no hitting in the face. And other than that, everything was fair game. But these sayings begin to root in our mind. 
another one that we had constantly at our house was listen to adults or pay adults with respect. Um, and there was kind of no barriers on that. And these sayings began to bring confusion as we grew up and started to see other adults do things we knew our parents didn't condone. And we started to wonder how we would apply all these rules. As we grow up, life gets more complicated, and we see that complication in the wisdom of today. I want to share with you some prevailing cultural definitions of beatitudes that one of the preachers I studied this week shared. You might recognize them from how the world sees life. Blessed are the proactive, for theirs is the satisfaction. Blessed are the assertive, for they will not let themselves be taken advantage of. Blessed are those with talent and drive, for they shall be unstoppable. Blessed are those who can occasionally be tolerant of others' mistakes, for they will develop a pool of goodwill that will result in future favors from others. Blessed are the single-minded, for they shall achieve their goals. Blessed are they who have good 401k plans, for their old age shall be comfortable. And blessed are those who floss, for they will keep their teeth. Or one you might have heard, Blessed are you when you know what you want and go after it with everything you've got, for God helps those who help themselves. The wisdom of the day takes shape in different places, in different ways, and roots itself in our lives through our context and our culture. And the Beatitudes are no exception to that. But as we dive deeper into the history around these scriptures, we find that the context to which Matthew writes and Jesus speaks, these Beatitudes were a normal quip of the day. And it wasn't just something of, this is what you should do. Biblical scholars agree that the Beatitudes is actually not what some of us often take it as a to-do list. The Beatitudes is actually a blessing that Jesus is bestowing on his disciples and on us before they even begin their journey. Let me remind you of the context for where we find ourselves in the book of Matthew. Two weeks ago in chapter 3, Jesus was baptized in the Jordan River, and he came up out of the river, and the heavens opened, and the dove descended in the form of the Holy Spirit and hovered over him, and God's voice echoed from heaven. This is my beloved Son in whom I am well pleased, delight of my life. And this would be the, me the message over Jesus the Christ, the Son of God, as he would continue on his life and he would go with this core identity. And in my opinion, Jesus is doing a similar thing with the disciples and with us this morning. After he leaves the Jordan River, he's driven into the desert where he's tempted. And then he begins his ministry, calls his disciples, and now we find ourselves in Matthew chapter 5. He comes away from the crowd. He brings his disciples up onto the mountain to talk to them. And what does he do? But he begins by blessing them. See, the disciples are not the high and mighty. They're not the religious elite. They're common folks who have common struggles. And Jesus begins this Sermon on the Mount by blessing them, by bringing up all the hard struggles that they have faced or will face 
all the difficult life situations that they find themselves in. And contrary to popular belief or opinion, he says, even though these things are really hard, even though you face all these difficult struggles, you, my friends, are blessed. In that, I want us to hear Jesus' baptism. This is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. In that, I want us to go back to Genesis 1 and 2 in the creation stories where God creates the heavens and the earth and every day he stops and says it is good. And then when he creates man and woman and has them together, he says it is very good and he blesses us. And then when we go into Genesis 12 with Abraham, God says, you will be a blessing to many nations, to all people. Through you, I will bless all the earth. Before we begin the journey, after we are created, before we set out to put our hand to work, God stops and recognizes us and says, you are blessed. You are my beloved. In the manner in which, in the time this was delivered, this would not be a to-do list. This would not be a list of characteristics that we aspire to. This would be a declaration of blessing, a declaration of intent to bestow a present and future blessing on this group of people, Jesus' own followers, his disciples. And before they even set out into ministry to say, you are blessed. You are of me and from me, and I recognize that. And even though life is hard and you haven't lived up to all the expectations, don't worry. You're mine, and I love you. Before we set out on the journey, Jesus speaks over us this proclamation and this declaration. You are mine. This is not a list for us to live up to. As scholars point out, that would come at the end of the sermon where Jesus would say, if you have done all these things, then you would be blessed. No, this is a promise, a present and future reality where Jesus says, this is who you are in my eyes. As one scholar said it, this isn't a list of things to do, but an invitation to see through the lens which Jesus sees us as his beloved. God is coming to us on the beginning of the journey as he gathers us, his disciples, as his own, and said, before we get started, I want you to know, even though you've been through all these hard things, you are blessed. You are mine and I love you. One scholar I read this week pointed out that it is easier to receive something that we have earned than a gift that we cannot. That Jesus begins the disciples' journey with a call to blessing based on the grace of his love and nothing that we can provide ourselves. When we look at the Beatitudes, I want us not to look at them as a list of things to do but rather an identity that is spoken over us, that no matter how hard or how difficult life is, no matter how lowly or challenged we become, we know from beginning to end, in the eyes of the Lord, we are always his beloved. Friends, we embark on an interesting journey 
in this time as we prepare for the last few months of David's time with us. As Roger said, I would invite and encourage you all to think of those things that David has spoken over you in these last 24 years. I know many of us are here because we have been touched and cared for by the Lord and many others in this community, but also in special ways by David. As Roger said, I'd invite you to express that love and affection to David and his family in your own unique ways over these next few months. And then to remember that regardless of the difficulties, regardless of the struggles, God looks at us and says, blessed are you. There's one other thing that I'd like to point out that kept coming up in my studies this week is that in the in the wisdom of the present day, people would look at the fortunes that their peers had in their lives as a measure of how the Lord looked on them. And this scripture flies in the face of that and says, I would like to highlight all the hard things that you've undergone and just proclaim over you that you are blessed. So I thought of the different things we had faced this year. I thought of the different hardships that our community had been through. When we have broken legs, blessed are you that break bones. Blessed are you that break, lose family members. Blessed are you that have hard breakups. Blessed are you that lose friends. Blessed are you that have cancer. Blessed are you that lose jobs. Blessed are you that feel like failures. And blessed are you that feel far from God. Friends, all the things, all the hardships, all the struggles that we face, God begins in this scripture, in his time together, gathering us together as his followers to say, Blessed are you.